Welcome to the second season of the podcast Rise and Play. We are Sophie Vu and Carla Reyes, your hosts for this special season. In this series, we will focus on portraits of women who have an outstanding career in games. How did they get into games? How did they reach their high position and career? What have been their personal and career choices to get to their level, and why? We want to bring more light to the wide range of career paths available for women in leadership positions in the industry. And we hope this will inspire you to aim for higher in your career too. Let's begin. So today I'm very, very excited to kick off my second season of uh, the podcast Rise and Play with the Portraits of Women series and having Anne as my very first guest for this second season. So uh, a bit more about Anne. Anne has spent over a decade in the gaming industry, marketing free-to-play mobile games and leading successful performance marketing teams. Having worked with US, European and Asian companies such as Rovio, Anne brings a wealth of international experience to the art of growth, as well as managing diverse teams. She has a successful track record of managing ROI at scale for games in a variety of genres, from casual to mid-core. So Anne is currently the CMO at Small Giant Games. So hi, Anne. Very, very pleased to have you and yeah, also as a friend. Uh, how are you today? Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm very, very good. I'm currently in New York celebrating Thanksgiving with my family and it's uh, it's really nice to speak to you. Yeah, it's awesome that you get to travel uh, right in time before it goes up again unfortunately and spend some time with family at that time of the year. Okay so as we start I have my first opening question is you know what is the most exciting thing you are working on at the moment that of course you can share and whether maybe it's a personal or professional project what's up with you? Yeah, so actually the most exciting thing that I'm working on right now is planning my wedding next summer. It's actually unlike anything I've ever done before. It's truly the opposite of performance marketing where nothing is data driven, <laughs> but it can be quite similar in that it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing uh, answer and I didn't expect that to be honest, but it's great actually also uh, sometimes to not always emphasize in the work. And maybe as a follow-up question here, as I understand this project because I have friends as well who have planned weddings. I don't know, during COVID though, it is an organization. It takes some uh, energy attention. How do you manage your time then between your high-level position and uh, this personal project of yours? Yeah, so basically I'm, I see it as a project and, and my fiance is my co-founder and we're just trying to kind of really <laughs> delegate and, and figure out what who specializes in what. So it's, it's about identifying strengths and weaknesses in a team, and then really utilizing that to uh, make sure that uh, tasks get covered in an efficient way. It's a very busy time for everybody, but I think, you know, it's about prioritizing your work. Uh, and luckily, working in Finland has allowed me to kind of have nicer work-life balance, and I don't really have to focus all my time on work. So there's a little time for a personal life and, and kind of planning for the future outside of a career path. That's amazing. And congratulations, then. Then uh, let's start more with well, your position, the work. And can you explain to me, to the audience, what your job is currently as the uh, CMO of a company, Small Giant? You know, what is your main mission? I know that it can differ from company to another. So what is it that you're exactly doing? Yeah. So as Chief Marketing Officer for Small Giant Games, my mission is to create profitable growth by 
building a marketing team and strategy that reflects our core value. And our core value is small, talented teams can accomplish extraordinary things. So I like to focus on building efficient and diverse teams that can really cover the broad spectrum of all things related to performance marketing. Mm -hmm. So maybe going a bit further here about this vision you have of a small team that can achieve a lot. What is the size of a team? Can you elaborate what do you mean by diversity? How diverse is your team and in which way? Yeah, so right now our team is 11 people total and it covers both the campaign side as well as the creative side. So we are about half and half in terms of managers and creative people. And in terms of diversity, I'm really looking for all sorts of experiences, seniorities, looking at people with different interests and backgrounds in what they want to do and what they want to do in the future as well. So, you know, in the interview process, we try to kind of figure out how is this person going to add value to the team, how this person is going to bring challenge the way that we do things. Mm -hmm. And uh, here, maybe more in this um, hiring process that you have applied to get diversity, maybe concretely, how did this translate? I don't know, in some ways of working where it, it achieves some results for you or some way, some, some situation as well became difficult and it has not always worked out. Do you have any anecdotes to share here? Yeah, so um, I think that you have really mastered the art of hiring as, you know, I've been listening to your podcast and you have really broken it down into different philosophies and different methods. And, and um, there's some really similar approaches that I have as well in my process where we try to turn it into something that can be repeated many different times. So we have a process, we always kind of have the same people. So I have been really blessed to work with really great managers and co-founders at the company who have guided me in this process. They have set great examples in terms of like how an interview process should look like, what kind of questions are really good at kind of capturing the candidate and what kind of things to look for in a resume. We generally don't try to be too specific. I think the beautiful thing about the tech industry and a career in tech is that it brings a lot of people from different walks of life, different experiences. And we tried not to look for something, you know, we don't try to kind of build a person in our head. We try to meet with every individual person and we try to make sure that this person has the hard skills and the soft skills available, the, the role that we want. And about the team size, so I don't uh, know so much about different types of uh, team structure, uh, especially for marketing. So 11 sounds small to me, but do you have as a benchmark or reference point in which way for you it is small, but I don't know, in other circumstances, it could be much bigger and why you are small in, in this context here? Yes, I can talk a little bit about kind of, I guess, in terms of budget per headcount, I guess. So we manage a really, really large budget mm -hmm. uh, annually. It's one of, on the bigger side of the industry and we, marketing budget that is. And in terms of kind of managing that size of budget, I, I can't really disclose that amount. But of course, we only have a very small team to kind of manage all the networks, manage all the campaigns, manage all of the optimizations and everything that comes with performance marketing. As a benchmark, I think we, I have heard 
teams of, you know, 20 or 30 or more to kind of manage a budget of our size. Maybe even like some companies would have in the, the hundreds. And in terms of creative teams, we do most of our creatives in-house and we only have a very small team of, of five people doing that. And, and we try to be smart about it by being creative with outsourcing, creative with kind of our, our tools and the things that we do make and the things that we don't make. So I think that in terms of creative teams, I have also heard that, you know, they have they number in the 20s to 30s to 50s for a budget of our size. Yeah, that's impressive. I think um, that's also what I could think about in terms of size when I think about the marketing team and especially these days with uh, creatives where you have to produce quite a big volume for tests and experiments. Uh, I find it very interesting that you didn't go for a volume and like just a number of people, but more how you test maybe more effectively with tools and yeah, maybe a mix of outsourcing and doing it internally. So that's very uh, interesting and impressive for this size. And I do know as well the success, of course, of the games of your company. Uh, so I can match that as well, how it has worked out so far. And I wanted also to mention here, this is a very uh, common way of being organized as a Finnish company, or let's say it's more common to hear as well, like small, like also other companies like Supercell as well, small teams that vary with a high density of talents, but achieving a lot. That's great to hear as well, examples in marketing. So for this team that you are leading, how do you measure the success of this team? Because I'm pretty sure there are also maybe quantitative or tangible results and what are you looking at to see if you have made a good team you know uh, build a good team and uh, this team is performing uh, or other metrics indicators you are looking at to measure success of your team yes so for our team we have a very clear set of goals that we try to achieve so for the performance marketing team of the campaign team we have budgets that we try to achieve so like amount of dollars spent per day, per week, per month, per year with expected ROI goals for that budget. So it's pretty clear cut for the creative team. However, because it's very hard to quantify art and creatives, and we mostly use kind of benchmarks in IPM. So these are creative metrics that we try to increase every year. And how we do that is we were challenged by our CEO to, for this year specifically, to double our output of creatives as a whole. And that has been a really interesting challenge for our team to grow the amount of creatives, but not the amount of team members to accommodate this growth. And it's been really fun to push the team and challenge them. And and we're, we're doing really, really well by kind of rethinking the way that we come up with new ideas. How should we prioritize other work? And it's just it's a matter of figuring out what are things that we should work on every day through meetings. We have one sync meeting per week where we kind of plan out the whole week. And it's, it's been really fun to kind of run those meetings. And that leads then to my other question now. What does a day look like for you? Uh, do you have a structure of like certain routine of things that are happening and uh, in more general the week? Can you describe a bit more, you know, what is your focus, what you're doing? Yeah, we're still a small company, so every pair of hands matter. I mainly use my time to talk to the team to understand 
what's working, what's not working, and come up with solutions and ideas. I would say that's like half of my time. Then I would also meet with stakeholders, decision makers to align our goals and activities with company targets. So that might change on a weekly or monthly basis, depending on what situation our cash flow and our revenue is happening. So those things, we just kind of make micro adjustments to the team priorities. And then one of the things I really enjoy is working with the creative team. So I spend quite a bit of time working with our creative team to kind of brainstorm our ads and to measure it, to optimize it, to plan it, to just really give feedback to the team. So we operate quite independently from uh, many, many teams because marketing touches upon product and upon customer service. But for the most part, we mostly align with just the stakeholders and the decision makers. And um, maybe part also of the challenges you see with your work, what are the things that come often that would have to question or where you have to revisit your ways of working or what you're doing at the moment? Performance marketing as a profession and as a discipline is that it requires constant adapting to new technology, new regulations, new challenges, um, pretty much on a monthly basis. So I, when I first started in the industry, like 10 years ago or over 10 years ago, it was just like this wild, wild west and there was nothing there. And we were really defining our own best practices and we were figuring out how to solve these issues that had never really been an issue before. So a lot of like, how do we create contact points for our customers? How do we attract people in a very small scale, like a, a phone screen? Because, you know, commercials and print and all these things are really not what we use every day. So we have to kind of think about capturing people's attention when they're on their phone for just a few seconds. And it's a very challenging thing that still exists today and it's becoming more and more challenging I think is the creative way of distinguishing yourself setting yourself apart from the market while selling the product and and really making yourself like something that we try to sell games that are a hobby for people so how can we communicate that and it's, I think the most interesting challenge of my career is how to define the product every single product that I've ever worked with I think there's an audience there is a market there is a way to speak to these people what is the language what is the visual what is the color that we want to use and it's been uh, it's been very fun mm-hmm I do have a question a bit further on the creative side, because it's also one topic that has been fascinating me as I also was uh, leading game development and I need to understand about that. And I've seen that also working, you know, in hypercasual company, uh, where, what are the sources of ideas? So I wanted to ask you, what are your sources of inspiration when you look, you think of trends in marketing, uh, future trends, what exactly the challenge of attention, what's relevant? Yeah, what is inspire you for creatives or marketing in general? Doing creatives for, for games is a very interesting process, I think. And I like to make it so that even without me or even uh, without all the right people, uh, I like to create something that can live on and really kind of evolve without me. And I think that is a combination of 
benchmarking as well as thinking out of the box. Uh, so when it comes to benchmarking, we look at what our competitors are doing. We look at what's really working in the industry. So there are tools for that. And then we do weekly or monthly or quarterly reports on things that we highlight things that are working for others. And we look at that and we break it down into components. So we don't really copy ads. We just look at successful ads. We break it down into like, okay, we think it's really working because it's playing on this emotion or it's really pressing down on this theme or it's using these mechanics in visually. And then we try to kind of assemble something that could maybe that we could test. And then on the other side of the creative box is uh, really wildcard ideas. One of the most successful ads that we've had was one where we took uh, characters from our game and we put it into an ad that looks like you're swiping uh, on Tinder and it's called Monster Date. And, and you kind of swipe right or left to match with the right monsters that you want to fight with in our game. And that really resonated with people. And we have found that thinking in a way that kind of combines people, things that people use every day, things that people really kind of connect with or they can quickly recognize is a really good way to kind of introduce our game components uh, because it is a quite unique game that at the time when we first launched, it was kind of uh, one of the first of its kind. And the Match 3 RPG mechanic has now its really successful and popular genre where we have many competitors and we try to always try to innovate the way that we present the game. And it has been really fun to kind of challenge the team because I think I can't take credit for these ideas. I think it's just been our team discussions and our team uh, brainstormings that generate these ideas. Great example. Thanks for sharing. And then more as a step back here at your position on the executive level as a CMO of a company, do you have also to deal part of your job with external stakeholders, you know, like, uh, I don't know, PR, and especially since I have known you as well in positions that were not executive, what is the main difference now, like uh, maybe for the audience to understand, like being a, a senior a UA manager and a CMO, you know, in the way the stakeholders you deal with and the responsibility and even the nature of the job? Yeah, so that's um, a question of many parts. Uh, so I'll just dive into um, really kind of the thing that struck at me at first was uh, how am I perceived now as I was compared to before? And I think to this day, when I go to meetings, sometimes I still get asked to bring the coffee. Oh, my um, God. As if I'm, I'm an intern or, or um, something like that, uh, where people don't realize I'm there for the meeting and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a CMO. And so some things ne never really change. But uh, on the other hand, by building my network and really kind of rising to the level of kind of building genuine relationships with people, I think I have gotten the response that I really want from, from the people that I trust and respect. So it's been uh, really rewarding to know people like you, know people that I've worked with for, for many, many years. And the relationship is still very much the same, but I think we, just the topics and the discussions uh, have generated many more different types of outcomes than before. And in terms of dealing with externals, yeah, I, I work a little bit in business development, PR, all sorts of things outside of the company. And um, while it's not a priority for our company, I think we have a very kind of 
less focus on building great games and marketing them. We do want to focus on building a great company image and culture that will attract great talent. And in that way, I, I really enjoy going to networking events and meeting with all sorts of different people. And I love telling them about how I got into the gaming industry. It's really great to meet with people who are like me and people who are not like me and how we all end up in the same place together. So I know as we talked a bit more, uh, some part of your journey, I wanted also to um, trace back your professional journey in marketing. So one question I have here is what has been your path to get to the position you are today? So executive level and how did that happen? So I knew uh, you when you were at Rovio and I think the, also some evolution happened there. But if you could share as well with the audience, like more for you, the personal experience, how you grew and the decision you had to make to get where you are today. My journey has been a pretty long one, I think, for someone in the game, mobile gaming industry. It started off when I was an intern in 2009. I was just working at a, a game studio and just managing social media. And I saw that marketing and UA was interesting and fun. And most of all, I liked going to the parties and conferences that were happening. So actually, it was there that I spoke to a lot of people and I found out and I tried to ask a lot of questions <laughs> about, you know, what are you doing? And why is it interesting? And why is it rewarding for you? And a lot of those things resonated with me. So I, you know, came back to my my boss, my CEO, and I asked like, hey, can I take on more responsibilities? And and I was eager to learn. So a lot of that was buying books, reading all the blogs and websites and slowly just getting a lot of firsthand experience into the world of performance marketing or UAS, we call it. And I think I was very lucky because back in 2010, 2011, when games were just being launched, UA was not a thing. So I actually got to be right in ground zero when it was being developed. So I got to have the first experience of you know working with networks and doing optimizations and learning about all the different things about gaming as it was growing. And that has really been, I think, the, the really special timing of my career and uh, because I have been working in UA now for a long time by industry standards I was lucky to be offered management position and that management position really was the make it or break it moment for me where I really kind of quickly taught myself by you know speaking to a lot of people and really really kind of doing a lot of reflection on you know how do I manage a team how do I drive the results that we want it was all a matter of making sure that you meet targets making sure that you really make your team shine I think that's the thing if your team shines then you know then everything else will come very easily and then I was also very lucky to land at Small Giant where I saw the opportunity to build a team from scratch. They offered me, I was the first marketing hire and they offered me all the resources to support my team and the mission that we were doing. And uh, we were we were very lucky and successful. And I think that kind of built the trust and necessary rapport to earn me the promotion that I have now. 
So I have a few questions in certain points of your career. So let's get back to that. So I think a, a turning point here where you were getting interested in marketing and seeing maybe a path for yourself, you, you came forward to your CEO, as I understand, and asked to get more responsibility. How old were you? How, how did that happen? And what, what was the level of confidence? Or I don't know, it was just being born to just ask that. And, you know, it's not that easy for everyone. So I, I was curious, what made you just ask? Yeah, actually, it's it's a combination of actually asking and also being in a state of readiness. And I think what I was, I was eager and I was ready to learn anything. And I was ready to ask a lot of good questions and attend uh, all sorts of different seminars and meetings and, and learn the old fashioned way of making mistakes. And I think my CEO saw that and he felt like I could take on these responsibilities. So Half of it was me asking, like, hey, can I take this on? But a lot of it was him actually pushing aside some of the things that he didn't want to do in marketing to me and, and asking me to just kind of like, oh, yeah, it it was not a big deal back then. UA was kind of very small. So he said, oh, it's kind of like a maybe PR, social media marketing. Uh, you can handle all of it. And then it just now grew to what it is to today. And I think if I were starting... Now, as an intern in the industry today, I don't think the bot, the CEO would just hand me UA and marketing responsibilities. I think you really have to kind of demonstrate a proficiency at it. So it has shown a lot of about how our industry has grown in terms of the importance of UA and marketing in, in gaming companies. And then uh, a bit like now, fast forward to uh, when uh, you joined Small Giant. So I understand also when you were at Rovio, then... You didn't have fully your team, but I understand, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that you, it was aligned also with your vision to go build your own team with your own vision. And that's where it was aligned with Small Giant, where you could do that. Yes, it was basically, uh, I was given a lot of trust and a lot of resources in terms of freedom to define what is the, the strategy and How do I want to build the team, whether they, I do? And well, it has to align with our vision of small teams, but uh, I knew exactly what I wanted to build because I already had experience at other companies such as Rovio, where, you know, we got to really change things up quite a bit and experiment and learn through making um, uh, difficult choices. And it was, um, yeah, it was a very rewarding experience, but it, took some time because I've been at Small Giant now for over four years. And, you know, we have recently, for the first year, it was just me and one other person. And and we just built a lot of the growth from, from just that small team. Yeah, so it takes time to build, uh, I think is a reminder, a solid team. And uh, as you mentioned, it's been four years for you. So yes, it uh, it takes time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think, I think the lesson here is, Really, you can, you know, get the promotion and you can really kind of quickly rise up by switching companies. But uh, if you decide to focus your energy and efforts into building something solid and invest the time, I think the rewards are in its in its own league of satisfying. And I think, you know, Small Giant has been my longest stint at a gaming company. And I just see it as like a very, very kind of different, you play the long game, essentially. So, you know, you get to customize, build the team and 
define the culture and and really kind of bond with everyone. I think I've worked with these people for for many years, and I think it's quite different from just kind of plug and play team where you just join a team and you just kind of go with the flow and and go with whatever someone else has defined. And it's it's been really 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 challenging and rewarding.、Mm-hmm. Then for your、uh, your promotion, then as a CMO, I was curious here more to understand the. The path or the way it happened, where and it's a very genuine qu- question. Like, is it something like personally you wanted to also pursue as your career path, and you know you had a vision for it, or it happened more opportunistically? How did that happen、uh, for you? Yeah, I was actually quite surprised at the promotion because I had been at the company for, I think at that point, three years, and I well two and something years, and. I spoke directly to my CEO, and I was very honest with him. I said, "You know, I have done these many things for small giants, and I would like to have a promotion." And he just surprised me with the title because I I was not really expecting that. But I think from his point of view, I think that I have demonstrated through building the team and、mm-hmm. really. Properly investing our marketing budget and reflecting the values of the company, and you know, in the early days, we were doing very a lot of external meetings with different companies, and I think I did a very good job with kind of selling what we were doing and and demonstrating、uh, our uniqueness, and really, we were a one of a kind. Performance marketing team at the time, and he he really was quite proud of our team. And I mean, our CEO. I mean, you can find talks of him saying, you know, we our success is that we find the best people and then we let them do their thing. And I also have you know carried on that torch in that I try to find people that make our team shine, make our team excel, and and in that way, I think. It's just achievements, you know. I think you have to get a lot of wins in in order to be recognized and to be seen as a leader, to be seen as a successful performance marketing person. So, from what you have shared, I see several things maybe for the audience、um, as well when looking to grow your career path. There's definitely a timing. So, you know, what are the opportunities, of course,、uh, in the company, like you. The first anecdote you shared, and this one, and also the confidence level of what you have achieved in your role. I think it's important to match that, of course, with the moment when I think it's important to highlight that you also came forward asking for promotion, and I think it's a exemplary where I can say for sure, also many women don't do that, and we will wait for it to happen. In these two examples you mentioned. You were proactive there to see. Okay, I know what I've been doing. I know I deserve this or something, and then I will also ask for it. And there's all these components together that allow it to happen. So I think it's important to acknowledge that, and I, I hope as well the audience can take this away. Yeah, for sure. I think one thing that I would like to add to that is actually find a company that match your values and match what your vision for yourself is, because I always have a bit of like a Five-year plan or a five-year goal for myself, and if you meet with a company and you don't see them promoting you in the future, or like they say a lot of things to you that don't really match with how you see yourself and how you work, then 
I think finding the right company is also an important step in this process. And uh, we talked about that as well, like switching gears a bit. So uh, on the things uh, where you are involved on the marketing level and uh, not just uh, with your company, but are there some side projects you would like to share and talk about? Yes, I'm, I'm a bit of a UA nerd. So we, I belong to a community called the UA Society. So it's a community where experts and leaders in UA come together to share knowledge and discuss things. And once a year, we put together an event. For the past six years, we put together either an in-person or online event where we share openly all the tips and tricks and innovations and ideas that are happening in growth, monetization, and creatives. And it's been a really supportive group of people. They're my friends and really... It's really, really great to kind of have support in your day-to-day -day work as well as have something to look forward to outside of your work is the event that we have in the fall every year. And is it uh, something that is taking some also of your personal time or is it like more, uh, you know, ad hoc uh, events like the conference you have? Yeah, so the conference takes up quite a bit of time, you know, in the two or three months leading up to it. Uh, and we are all professionals with day jobs that we do. And then we carve out time and we make time to put together, you know, contact speakers and put together the agenda and pitch to sponsors. And it's a lot of work. I, I have been part of the committee for the past six years from the very first one to the most current one that we had. And when, I mean, it's really cliche to say that if it's something that you enjoy, it doesn't really feel like work, but you know, it, I just feel like it's an extension of myself to really build communities and to really create something that people would really find joy in. And really the, the best part that people say about the event is the networking and the social aspect of meeting other UA people, because um, like I said, we can be quite isolated in companies at times where we kind of work in a bubble and to discuss with others, even just once a year or in a Slack group, it really alleviates a lot of anxiety and, and quite nice. Awesome. So I recommend the audience to check it out. Um, I was also invited to it. I think it happened recently. Uh, and then a lot of uh, good variable content that you wouldn't find in more generic uh, conferences. Okay, and uh, for the last part, I have a set of questions more like uh, reflection points on your career, your choice. And we talked a little bit about that through our discussion, but here, like more intentionally, I have a question, you know, going backward, maybe like, so 10 years uh, before where you were starting your career and with what you know today, if you had to have that conversation with your previous self, what would you tell your younger self and why? I think... If I could go back 10 years, I would just tell Anne to relax a little bit. I was pretty anxious about the future and I was very stressed out about what's next. And I think if you focus on building the foundation, focusing on the basics, I think it will take you very far. So I would say have a plan, but don't feel like you have, it has to go exactly the way that you want. Experiment in finding things that truly interest you because that's what you're going to be doing day in and day out for a, a while. And as someone who does a lot of hiring, I think that comes out during the interview. And if you don't have a passion, 
you're not going to get that second interview. So really find your niche. For people who um, are interested in growing their career in um, UA marketing to become CMO one day, where where to start to yeah be in a position like yours in the future? Uh, what's the path uh, from what you know and understand today? You even have your team, you grow people. Uh, so what would you advise for people who want to start? Yeah, it's it's quite hard to prescribe a path, but I would say some of the things that really worked for me is finding the right company that match your values, finding a company that enables not just career growth, but personal growth, uh, because it's a lot of that personal growth that's going to come through in when they make a decision to kind of promote and put you in charge of either a team or a budget. And I think that is a harder path to achieve because you want to equally focus on your hard skills. So researching and learning about everything there is to be about UA and then uh, the soft skills, which is kind of the ways that you, how do you work in a small company versus a large company? How do you work in a more corporate environment versus a more startup environment? The people are different. The cultures are different. It can be quite difficult to navigate because one thing that works at one company will definitely not work in another. And what I have learned is that other people's mistakes are my lessons and my own mistakes are my lessons. So you really just have to be brave, not in terms of making mistakes, but just knowing uh, that you have to have rules where you always rise above the tough times. And I think there's been many moments for me where I felt like it was very hopeless and I wanted to get out of the gaming industry altogether. But knowing that it was something that I really enjoy kind of gave me the bravery to ask for the promotion, ask for more work, ask for more responsibilities. Maybe in terms of, so you mentioned some of the skills in terms of, um, so let's not go into hard skills. I think here it's more like technical uh, conversation about your marketing, but uh, soft skills to uh, executive position, like the one you have, what kind of advice to develop exactly, you mentioned personal growth. What do you see is really important? Yeah, so I think that networking is a very important skill. It was something that I learned very early on to be nice, to be a genuine person, to really kind of know know yourself early on. And like the creatives, no, figure out a way to set yourself apart while staying on trend. So you don't want to be like too out there in terms of uniqueness. Uh, you want to just be right at the right place at the right time in terms of your skills and your ambitions and your your talent. Uh, so knowing that, okay, you have these certain qualities, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And I think the confidence that you build from knowing not only the industry, knowing the work that you do, but also knowing the cultures uh, that you want to build. I think that's, that's something that I had very early experience in that I was managing other interns at some point and I wanted to teach them. And I think my soft skill in kind of like learning and teaching and sharing and then communicating has been really effective in really shaping my path as a leader. So it's just like an extension of 
you know, how are you as a friend? How are you as a, a family member? And then how are you as a, a coworker or a colleague to somebody? And I think that's really important. Yeah, that's very well said and a, a very good piece of wisdom. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're reaching the end and I have my free rapid fire questions for you. Answer what comes to your mind and, you know, short answer for this. Yep, I'm ready. So my first question, what is the first thing you think of when you wake up? Uh, I definitely look at my calendar for the day and uh, thinking about like, oh, my God, I hope I'm not late to anything. <laughs> at what time did you wake up? Uh, like 9, 9.30. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good, a good time. Not like 6 a.m. like many or 4 a.m. like many CEOs would tell you. <laughs> Yeah, no, we we have a rule where we don't have any meetings before 10. So that's, that's good. It's quite all right. Yeah. We have the same as well. It's much more uh, human friendly. <laughs> okay, and my second question, what is the last thing you think of when you go to bed? I also check my calendar, but this time it's mostly <laughs> just kind of like a checklist of all the things that I, I've done and do a little bit of reflection on like what went well today and what didn't and uh, maybe a like, oh, I should have done this a little bit better. So it's a, a mini reflection session for me. Mm -hmm. Good. My last question, the one sentence or word you tell yourself in difficult moments of life, your motto? Yeah, my motto, I think for the past few years has been, it's going to be all right. I think I have a tendency to really spiral into like a deep, dark place and based on experience, like just what has happened for the last 10, 20 years, everything happens for a reason. And I think if I have faith and trust into that mentality or and just the universe in general, I think it has always worked out even better than I anticipated. So I really genuinely trust all the pain that you have to go through and I trust the suffering for a better payoff. Wow. Very well said, like some, some stoicism here. Okay. Well, that was it for my questions for today. And maybe one last is if people, for example, in Marketing UA would like to learn from you, reach you, is there a way to reach you? And if so, how? Yeah. So I have a Twitter account that I don't tweet at very often, but I think LinkedIn is a good way of contacting me. I answer a lot of messages through LinkedIn and my Twitter. And, and of course, I'm once things are back to normal, I will be going to a lot of conferences and events. So don't hesitate to come up to me and definitely just introduce yourself and talk and, and share. And, and we maybe we have something that we can work on together or um, we, I can recruit you to the UA Society or something like that. That's amazing. Well, thanks a lot, Ang, for your time today. And it was also a pleasure. I learned also a few things from you today. So it was great. Thank you. Yeah, uh, definitely great session today. I feel like it's a little bit like therapy. So thanks. <laughs> well, take care. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this new episode of Raise and Play podcast. If you enjoyed the content and want to support what we're doing, rate and review the podcast. Spread the word about it. If you'd like to contribute to the change too, reach out to me on LinkedIn for a collaboration. You'll find all the rest of the content on riseandplay.io, including my free masterclass on conscious leadership. Until the next time, 